Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Here we go. It is hour three of the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM on a Thursday. Great to have you along with us. Coming up in our final hour, a couple of great guests before we wrap things up. First, we chat with our buddy Chris Mack from the BetQLU podcast and get his thoughts on the national championship game. I'm sure we'll talk some Steelers as well. At 820, Mark Drumheller, betting analyst from Fantasy Life, will be along to hand out some bets as well. And then at 845, we bring in the Donkster, who has hopefully deleted his browsing history after yesterday's unfortunate reveal. Ooh, I got some texts about that yesterday. Nobody wants to hear the Donkster and what he's doing in his off time, Chelsea. Ooh. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the new year. We're going to bring in Chris soon. And Chris was saying over the holidays, he enjoyed himself. He had lots of food, lots of drink. And then he stepped on the scale and he was like, uh-oh. Like Carl Lewis singing the national anthem back in the day. Midway through, uh-oh. Realizes he's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped on the scale and I wasn't in as much trouble as I thought, but there was a many like, oh, because, you know, I just got back from New Orleans and there was a lot of hurricane drinking. There was a lot of Cajun food eaten, a lot of debauchery. And now I got to tighten it up and I might think about a fast, like a 24 hour fast. Didn't Aaron and Joe O do a water fast for like 72 hours over Christmas? Didn't they do that? Don't do don't do that. Okay, what should I do? That sounds terrible. And we talk about all the time on the show that mm -hmm. the world seems to be devoid of nuance. Can there not be something in the middle where you can eat something? Just maybe An exercise? eat healthy food? Oh, like, why I do you guess. have to go without food? Like, that seems a little extreme. Like, maybe just start eating healthy food. Maybe just <sighs> start going to the gym. Maybe you ingest... <sighs> A few ounces of water here and there instead of just Red Bull and coffee and alcohol. Like, just a thought. Well, see, my mentality is this is what I'll do. If I can just give myself 24 hours to tighten it up, just water, then it's right back into that plate of wings for the next week. Dip it in the blue cheese. Ah, oh, and then I'm good to go. I just, I just, I could just punish myself for one day and then go right back into my schedule. It's 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 a yeah. short-term punishment for a long-term enjoyment. But it's not long-term enjoyment. That's the thing. Like you can't just have a good diet for one day and be like, "Well, that's it. I'm done for the day or done for the year. I've done yeah. it. I've conquered it. I've done it one day out of the entire season." <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not on board with fast because yeah, maybe you feel good for a little bit, but it's not sustainable. And like three months down the road, is that fast really going to make a difference? No. I feel like when you just have good habits that you do consistently over the course of the year, it's not sexy, but it feels like that's the way to feel better. I feel like in a second life, you would have absolutely a future as a personal trainer. You talk the talk, you walk the walk. I'm not very motivational. I feel like I would be motivational because I insult people. 
and I'm very blunt. Like, listen, yeah. do you want to work a normal job or do you want to post like pictures of yourself in the mirror and make a ton of money? You know, the choice yeah. is yours. You do these glute thrusts and maybe you have a future as an Instagram model and you don't have to go to that corporate job that you hate. Yeah. Either do these lat presses or I'm going to poke a hole in you and gravy's going to come out. Is that what you want? I don't think so. Come on, let's get it together. <laughs> I feel like you can do this. Let's go. You'd be good. I'd be terrible at that. I'd be like, yeah, let's just do three sets of four and get out of here. Game's almost done. I'll get us for the dash. year. For the year. <laughs> for the year. One day. 12 reps for the entire one for each month, and you're good to go, sir. Now, please just send me your Venmo. Let's find out what Chris Mack thinks about that. Let's go. The Mac is back. A turnaround shot that rattled wide. Subban one more try, deflected over the net, and the Pittsburgh Penguins again are the Stanley Cup champions. Chris Mack with a toss. Here comes a gadget play. Randall L. He can throw. He was a quarterback in college. And he's thrown a touchdown to Heinz Ward in the Super Bowl. Bringing all his college plays. Barkley from inside his own five. Barkley with a lead. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. Saquon Barkley wins the opening kick. 97 yards. Touchdown, Nittany Lions. He's our guy, host of the BetQLU podcast. Each and every Thursday on YouTube. Also host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. And let's throw it down as well. Host of the fourth down in the Steel City pod. It is Chris Mack. Mack, good morning to you. How are you feeling after the holidays? Are you going to join me in this fest? What's going on? Sorry, I was just taking notes. Chelsea mentioned glute thrusts. I wanted to make sure I had that. Glute Glute thrusts. Making sure I have that down on my New Year's resolution list. Uh, can I ask you something? Dude, come right now. I don't think I've ever Make seen you clean shaven. Is this the it's opposite totally of like a playoff shaven. beard? No, no. It's, there's, there's, there's a little, there's a little sandpaper there. But um, no, this is just I need to get my life together for the new year, like Jenks was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I need to, I need to look like I'm not homeless. So yes, there will be a, a couple of twenty-hour fasts mixed in with. The getting back on the Peloton regularly and and maybe avoiding some wangs for uh, a few weeks, yeah. maybe a little damp, a little damp January because um, we're not going totally dry, friends. And <laughs> and more. Well, let me make sure. Glute thrusts. Glute thrusts. <laughs> Glute thrust. <sighs> Sorry. I, maybe I we'll have you do a demonstration. I'm doing some right now. Segment. You just can't. Yeah. Just can't tell. Well, that's why oh. I keep popping up on camera. You do a glute thrust, and it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. uh, there's another yeah. one. You just oh, get a little bounce. One. A little bounce, in your a little seat bounce. little bounce on your seat. <laughs> Thanks, Chelsea. Okay, so can we transition to the national championship Good luck with because... transitioning from that. I don't know. Somebody's going to be thrusting their way to a national title. Who will it be? Will it be the Washington Huskies? <laughs> wow. Or Jim Harbaugh. Like, I never thought I would say thrusting and Jim Harbaugh in the same sentence. But there you go. There you um, go. But the first time the for show's everything. pretty divided here. David's all in on Washington. Jenks is all in on Michigan. And I'm somewhere in between. Where do you fall when it comes to the national title game? 
my heart wants to find reasons to believe that Michael Penix Jr. can go out with a bang and drag the Huskies to a national title because I've been on them since the beginning of the year. Uh, and I'd like to believe that can happen because I'm a Big Ten guy and I have a hard time sort of choking down the idea of a Jim Harbaugh national title. But I think when you look at the way uh. things stack up, the way they played against Alabama was very indicative of how powerful this defense can be, how it can take over a game. Uh, and I think you did get one of those games where J.J. McCarthy was asked to be a part of a big comeback and helped key it. And I hadn't seen that yet this year against a quality opponent, and he did it. And so I do think um, that I'm leaning Michigan right now. I continue to search the universe far and wide for reasons to swing me back in Washington's direction. Um, but I, I do think, you know, when you when you saw what Washington's defense did to Jalen Milrow and, and Alabama, uh, I think it's hard to, and, unless Washington gets a couple of big plays early, which is always a possibility, right, with the Dunze and Polk out there, um, unless they get a couple of big plays early and really run away and hide, I don't think if this is a back and forth affair, as most of us, I think, expect it will be, it's going to end up being Michigan in the end. Chris, how much of the Washington love, and I'm not saying this as someone who watched his team lose to Washington because I liked Washington in that game. I thought, and I do think they are the better team compared to Texas, and they won. Mm -hmm. But how much of the Washington love comes from the fact that I think outside of Michigan, Nobody really wants to see Jim Harbaugh. And I think you kind of touched on it. It's like, I I want Washington to win. Michigan's really good. I just don't want that guy in those khakis to win this thing. Yeah, it's, it is. It's a heart versus head kind of bet or yeah. even rooting situation where your heart tells you, man, I like I said, I would love to see the Huskies pull this off, uh, but – Michigan is the better team top to bottom and they they've proven that now look this is this is going to fly in the face of some of the things we said about them earlier in the year when well who have they played what have they done but they did win a couple of huge games late in the season uh, without their head coach on the sidelines for what that's worth uh they did beat quality opponents down the stretch and uh, aside from Iowa uh, and they've placed themselves in position now they, they put themselves in position where uh, you know, it's very similar, very comparable, I think, Jenks, the, the, the dynamic you're talking about to what the Rose Bowl was. Everybody mm. and their mother wanted to believe that Alabama was going to exert their their tiedness, their sabinness, for lack of a better way to put it. And they didn't. Michigan was just the better team. And so I, I fully expect that's probably what we'll get in the in the national championship game Monday night as well. I'd love to see Washington prove me wrong, uh, but I am definitely leaning Michigan at this point. So here's my next question. Do you think the points matter here? Because I tend to think even if Michigan wins, this skews to a lower scoring game. You know, if Michigan does control the line of scrimmage and the total set at 55 and a half. So oddsmakers are thinking mm -hmm. it's somewhat low scoring for a college football game. Do you think there is a way that Washington covers this number even if w Michigan wins it? No, I think that's a really good point, Chelsea, that if, if Washington's going to score score the upset here, it's going to be something where, like I described, the game script is they jump out early. Michigan's offense can never really get on track enough to make the comeback. 
and Washington sort of runs away and hides. Conversely, if Michigan wins, it's because Michigan is the battle-tested team. Now that sounds crazy, again, compared to where our conversations were just two, two and a half months ago. But Michigan is the battle-tested team, and if it comes down to a final possession, they end up pulling it out. So I, I don't think I, I don't think the the spread is is the four and a half are necessarily that important here. I don't. If it's a final possession game. Is there a way Washington pulls it off? Yeah, but I, I more than likely think that this thing goes one way or the other, and we're not talking about the points in the end. We're talking with Chris Mack, host of the BetQLU podcast, which drops tonight on YouTube, and each and every Thursday also host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh on Twitter at the Chris Mack. I have to ask you about your Steelers. Hmm. They're going to make the playoffs. They need a win, and they need some help. Hmm. It's going to be dicey. Yeah, they, they they need, let's see, Tennessee to behind Ryan Tannehill, upset yep. Jacksonville. Mm. Um we or or Miami beat Buffalo. That's the that's the other need one of those two to happen and uh and the Steelers beat the Ravens, although the Ravens are, you know, gonna be playing without Lamar Jackson. Looks like Odell Beckham Jr. will also be down and maybe a few other key pieces. Mason Rudolph has helped this offense unlock something. More importantly, they've actually called the style of offense that they were built to play way back in August and September, which is lean into the run game, give your quarterback simple decisions to make, whether it's Pickett or Rudolph or (coughs) Trubisky. Um, And, you know, don't ask your quarterback to do too much so that when he is asked to do something, it does stand out. And that's what Rudolph has done the last couple of weeks. Credit to him. He he sat around for the last three years and got basically bagged on by the fan base uh, and instead has jumped up and taken advantage of an opportunity here. And I I think it really has led to a a bit of an, uh, an opportunity for him beyond this year, whether it's in Pittsburgh or otherwise, maybe this is what Mason Rudolph needed to get himself a solid one B position or get himself into a quarterback battle in a spot that doesn't have a set in stone starting quarterback next year. I don't know if he'll want to return to the Steelers or not, given the way he has been treated the last few years. Um, but if, if he's able to beat the Ravens, then I think that unlocks a lot of doors for him in the offseason. All right. We got about a minute left, but riddle mm-hmm. me this. It feels like the Steelers should be the play since the Ravens are sitting players, but yet this line continues to creep down. It was the Steelers laying four and a half. Now it's down to three and a half. Do you think this is a, a matter of people saying this is too many points in, in an AFC North matchup? Or do you think there is complete distrust in the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> I think it's I think it's more about Ravens' recency bias, right? They've been far and away the mm-hmm. best team in the NFL the last few weeks, and they have absolutely put it on people. And so whether their starters are playing or not, I think a lot of people are looking at it and saying, well, the Ravens are just a better team. Uh, and so it is going to come back naturally. And, and also a look at, hey, the Steelers have done this a couple of weeks in a row. Can they do it again, but again against a, a better level of competition, even if it is the Ravens' backups? So I think it makes sense that this thing comes down closer to three because I think that's what this ends up being is a three-point game. He is host of the BetQLU podcast, which drops tonight on YouTube, host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh and proponent of the glute thrust. Doing some right now. Mack. Oh, looking fantastic, my friend. Thank you, Mac. Coming up next on the show, another great guest, Mark Drumheller, host and betting analyst for Fantasy Life. We'll talk more NFL, including the Eagles. That 
is when we come back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. It is Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM on a Thursday. Thanks for being along with us live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up, we will check in with Mark Drumheller, host and betting analyst for Fantasy Life, and get his betting card on this Thursday. Also, we'll talk about the Eagles as well and what is going on in Philly. Chelsea, earlier in the show, we were talking a little bit about New Year's resolutions, blah, blah, blah. One thing I do need is I need a hobby. I need a new hobby. That's one of my goals. And I was thinking maybe I should retake up golf again. I used to play golf all the time, and I was decent at it. I was never going to blow anyone's mind, but I was pretty good. Now I am summarily terrible. I suck at the game of golf now. But if you're going to commit to playing golf, you got to commit. And it's hard for me because I live right in the middle of the city, so I'd have to get myself some new clubs, have to start practicing find some unis around the city, and I can do it, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. So you are someone, you can swing a club, you live right there on a golf course, can you talk me into getting back into golf? No, because it's a hobby that's very (laughs) expensive, and it takes a ton of time. This is why women get so mad at their husbands for playing golf. It is not because we hate golf, it's because it takes, on the low end, five hours. And then you have to go to the driving range before, get some swings in. Then you want to get some beers with your boys after the round. So it just turns into an all-day affair. And I guess, like, you don't have kids or any, like, thing tying you down. Like, you don't have a pet at home, or I guess you have bijou, but, you know, cats don't need to be taken out all the time. So I think that's the knock on golf, is that it just takes so damn long. So maybe there is another hobby that is less time uh mm. you know time of, consuming what's the opposite of time consuming you know that you could pick up that also does not cost a fortune because i don't know if you've looked at the prices of golf clubs they're not cheap for the good ones. no well that's the problem too is that that's why i said if i'm gonna do this i have to do this because if you're gonna spend that money i don't want to do it and then have my clubs collect dust in my closet or anything like that. I think what you should do is you can swing. Your husband obviously plays golf. You get Blake a little starter set. Next thing you know, family golf outing. Oh, we do have clubs for her. Ah, Um, there you go. But it's just, again, golf takes forever. And also it is the middle of January or the first of January. It feels like the middle of January. So it's not the greatest weather for playing golf when it's 37 degrees out. So maybe this spring. All right. We'll keep that in mind. Maybe it'll happen. I'll keep track for you. Let's keep track of the betting world and what's going on in Philadelphia and bring in Mark Drumheller. He is host and betting analyst at Fantasy Life. Also co-host, uh, bringing home the hardware, and you can hear him on the BetQL network as well. Mark, good morning to you. Are you a golfer at all? Big golf guy? 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm a very little golf guy. Like, I'll go out and swing them around, have some fun, <laughs> but it's pretty much grip it and rip it. Like, I don't, again, it's too time consuming, right? Chelsea talked about it. Like, yeah. I had two young kids for, you know, they're a little older now, you know, but it, you, you can't be leaving the house all day, you know, hanging out at the 19th hole, you know, slurping down beers <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon when the wife's home with the kids, right? You can't be doing that all the time. So, um, and to me, like, again, it's i'm a simple man and my kids are simple they don't need golf clubs like i you know when they were young we'd give them a cardboard box they're fine you know let them be creative you don't need to go <laughs> you know have them out in the sun all day like come on man like you know uh, my kids are, are rough enough in the air conditioning you want to put them out in the hot sun for five six hours walking around no thank you oh santa i asked for golf clubs here's a cardboard box yeah here's a cardboard box look there's bubbles in it you can pop go to work kid (laughs) okay so we were having an interesting discussion uh in the break before you came on the show about the ravens and the steelers and we just had chris mack come on who is on the radio in pittsburgh making the case for the steelers and saying okay this is a team you can trust in this spot he feels like that's the play in that game but you were coming at me from the other side and saying, this is a Ravens team that certainly can cause some chaos. And we see this all the time in week 18. Just because a team needs to win does not mean that they will win. So do you have a take here on maybe why the Ravens could play spoiler? Yeah, I love the Ravens, especially at four points. But I, I think the money line's worth a play here. Um, I understand they're not going to have – you're not going to see a ton of Lamar Jackson. But if you look back, like, the 2019 – you know, they, they took a lot of heat for resting their players. They, they went into the playoffs. They mm-hmm. looked real rusty after the bye. So we could see a little more of the starters than we actually think here. And the NFL, like, you only get 53 guys. Like, you can't sit all 22. Like, so the, the majority of the defensive players are going to be out there. You know, won't see Kyle Hamilton and Stevens and some of the top impact guys. But they got enough guys to slow down the Pittsburgh offense. Trust me. You know, so I, I think Pittsburgh's going to have a real hard time scoring here. I think Hundley can come in do what they need to do offensively to put up, you know, a decent number. And, you know, you talked about it, Chelsea, like must win is a lot of pressure for these teams. And they typically fold under these situations, you know, like must win doesn't mean will win. And it definitely doesn't mean must cover, especially if you're laying four points to the best team in the NFL. So I just think roster top to bottom Ravens so much better right now, you know, great defensive coordinator. So I don't see much a big path for the Pittsburgh offense here to put up a lot of points and, I think Pittsburgh can definitely, you know, match them if they don't end up winning this game outright. Mark, when you look at the huge battle in Miami between the Bills and the Dolphins, the Bills are laying three. We know it's for the division title. And it's interesting how sort of the narratives have changed with both of these teams. The Bills were sort of left for dead at one point, and Miami was this dominant team. And now we're seeing the Dolphins falter a little bit. They're banged up. The Bills have won four straight. What's going to happen in this one? Yeah, I like Miami, but we got to watch the injury report, right? Like, they have so yeah. many guys mm-hmm. banged up now. You know, the offensive linemen, they got, you know, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, Waddle, Hill. You know, everybody's banged up. So, we got to see who's playing, but I really like Miami at home. I mean, Miami at home is one of the best bets you can make this year. And this is a Bills team that is getting a ton of credit for struggling to get by a Chargers team with an interim coach. Uh, You know, beating Bill Belichick's Patriots by six points when Bailey Zappi threw a million interceptions. You know, like, like I don't, I never seen a team get so much credit for having two lackluster performances. So yes, they've won four games in a row, but I don't think they've looked impressive in any of them. 
Um, I think Miami, you know, is just as good, if not, and especially like playing at home. If they have the majority of their guys, you'd have to think that those guys are going to do, you know, whatever they can to stay on the field. This is just a huge game for the franchise. So, um, I because they're a team, the Dolphins probably more than anyone in the NFC relies the most on home field advantage. So the difference between being the two seed and the six seed is just massive for this Miami Dolphins team. And don't think they don't know that, you know, from the front office to the head coach all the way down. They want to win this game. They want that home field advantage, um, you know, throughout the majority of the playoffs, not to travel to Baltimore. But I think, you know, that's really how you have to look at this one. So if I can get points with a team like that, obviously – there's a little bit of cat and mouse here with the market because when the injury report gets better, that number is going to, you're not going to get the big number anymore. So you got to try to stay on top of it, see if you can read between the tea leaves. And, you know, if you can, I would, I would probably play Miami and try and get a good number here. Yeah, and they are getting three points at home. Mark, you're a Philly guy. So obviously we have mm-hmm. to talk about the Eagles. Earlier <laughs> in the show, we played this game called Circle of Trust. The Eagles were not in the Circle of Trust. It feels like a team that's not super trustworthy this year. <laughs> Like, there are still some great pieces there, but what in the world should we think of the Eagles going into the postseason? Yeah, who are the Eagles? No, I'm just kidding. I'm only playing. But, uh, yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a rough time in Philadelphia, man. It's like, you know, it, you know, starting off 10-1 and 1 and then, you know, sitting where they're sitting right now um, at 11-5, and 5, it's just been brutal. Last week, you know, they're saying out here in the radio that, like, last week was could have been, you know, one of the worst losses of franchise history. Like, it's just – it's to lose to the Arizona Cardinals in that way in a game you're up 21-6. to six. Um, I just think that this season is a combination of, you know, you, you moved on from the coordinators who were obviously, you know, very key to the run last year. You look at Jonathan Gannon, what he was able to do in Arizona this year, right? They don't win a ton of games, but, you know, the culture's good, right? They're playing hard every week. Um, and the defense looks a lot worse this year, right? So um, without him. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, you lose Shane Steichen. You saw what he's doing in Indianapolis with that offense. You know, he has an opportunity to take Garner Minshew to the playoffs behind a defense that isn't really that good. So um, missing those guys is huge. And, you know, the other part of it is, is, you know, maybe we're a little too old in the trenches. You know, maybe this year, last year to this year, you know, made a difference as far as some of the older veterans because they don't get the push on the offensive line. Everybody knows about the short yardage, the brotherly shove. Yes, they got that down to, to a, a you know, a science. But, you know, when you're talking about down-to-down rushing attack, you know, it, it, it hasn't been as strong last year. And, and on the other side of the football, you know, the defensive line, you know, we have a lot of veterans, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Those guys can't buy a sack. Like, we cannot get to the quarterback. Um, it's absolutely killing them. So, you know, for me, I, I love my Eagles, but I don't have any trust in them, you know, going forward. You look at the defense, 30, 30th in uh, EPA per play, 31st on third down. So can't get off the field, can't stop anybody, can't win games, you know, especially when we get into the playoffs. So, um, but I really think, you know, the story of this season, it's just a combination of, you know, not having the right coordinators in place after that transition. And then, you know, just getting a little bit older in the trenches is kind of, you know, coming to fruition. You know, it seems to be a problem here with Philadelphia. We're talking with Mark Drumheller, host and betting analyst at Fantasy Life, also co-host of Bringing Home the Hardware as well. Mark, what is your take on the Chiefs? Won the division again. It certainly seems like that when it comes to that receiving core, this is not some sort of crazy hot take. It, It looks like a real downgrade for Patrick Mahomes. Are they good enough to actually make a run? Are we not giving them enough credit or has Kansas City taken a serious step back this season? 
Um, I think they've definitely taken a serious step back. I think now they've become, before it was like, hey, you know what? Whoever's on the schedule in the postseason, they got to come to Arrowhead. It's Patrick Mahomes. You know, Patrick Mahomes is going to win the game, right? But you can't do that this year because, you know, they are going to probably have to travel in the AFC championship, uh, you know, being the three seed. And I don't know if they're just as good as the other teams that they're going to face. Like, if they have to go to Buffalo, I think they have a – you know, better opportunity than uh, yeah, obviously having to travel to Miami or Baltimore, you know, however the playoffs shake out, but they just don't have the guys. It's a lot like Philadelphia where like they just, as far as the wide receiver core is concerned, they got rid of Tyree kill. They went out and won the super bowl, but then they got rid of Juju Smith Schuster and not that he's this dynamic playmaker, but they just continued to kind of, you know, erode the talent on that, in that wide receiver core to a point to where this year to where those guys aren't able to step up. Now, I like what we see out of Rice, and I think, you know, long-term, um, you know, I think he's going to be a, an impact player for them. But you just see the types of breakdowns that you see with Philadelphia, like one guy making a mistake, it seems like, on every critical drive. And then, you know, the whole play, you know, and that kills the play. And then it just doesn't seem like they're the team that they are. So, um, I, I as far as, like, do I trust them? Like, yeah, you know, we get in a divisional round, you know, will I play them at home? It's going to depend on their opponent, but I, I don't think that they're really a threat to win the Super Bowl because I think it's going to be, you know, a pretty tough path for them that they're not. We haven't typically seen, you know, them perform to. So, and you know, again, it's it's not only the path; it's just offensively they just don't have the firepower. People are taking away Kelsey, and they, the other guys just aren't able to step up. Oh, what a season for Travis Kelsey! Oh. It has yeah, now been a season to remember for the former yeah. tight end number one. I was going to ask you about your betting strategy this week. Week 18 can have a lot of landmines. There is another pathway, though. You can go with props. I know it is a big week for some players with contract incentives. Are you somebody who will be betting on a lot of games when it comes to the spreads? Or are you looking at the player props? Yeah, I, I'm a guy who typically gravitates towards sides and totals. And I, I do that mm -hmm. anyway in week 18. We talked about some of the you know, things that I look at is like, hey, you know, teams under pressure and and that sort of thing. When it comes to these player incentives, like I think, and props in general, like the reason why I don't bet a ton of props is because I feel like, you know, the market adjusts so quickly during the week. Like, you know, these numbers really get blown out. And um, I, I think that, you know, when you look at these incentives, you know, what betters need to realize is, is that this is all baked into the market. Like, like they, like the prices that you're getting on these props with these guys that have incentives, all that's taken into consideration when they're setting these lines. So you're almost like, you know, paying a premium, you're paying the market at the top because of this situation. And you have to look at, you know, the, the context of the actual game. Like, is it, you know, right. are they playing for a playoff? So then they're not going to just feed the ball to this one player if they have, you know, bigger things on the horizon. He is a host of the Bankable Network, also host and betting analyst at Fantasy Life. Follow him on Twitter at X underscore Drumheller. It is our friend Mark Drumheller. Mark, we appreciate the insight, and good luck to your Eagles, man. They still got some time here. All right. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. You bet. Well, Chelsea, that's two marks against learning the game of golf again. I guess I'll just go back to the bar and keep drinking old fashions and martinis. I tried to make a push into the good life, and I'm just going to go back to how I've been living since the start of time. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying maybe <laughs> don't make it your number one hobby. Maybe play mm. Sudoku or something. Or is watching Netflix a hobby? Because you already oh. do that. <laughs> Professional streamer. Who knows? <laughs>
Coming up next. Yeah, that'll get me in good shape. Coming up next. Only two games on the NBA schedule tonight, so where are we putting our money? Find out next on the Daily Tip from BetQL. It is presented by our good friends at BetMGM. Stay right there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back on a Thursday. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. It won't be long before we hand out our best bets. Chelsea, did you see this about Bernie Williams? I had no idea. Former Yankees great is apparently, unbeknownst to me, a classically trained guitarist. He released two recordings in 2003 and in 2009. And he's going to make his debut with the New York Philharmonic on April 24th. How about that? Apparently, he's released a book talking about this, comparing baseball and music. But I guess he's crazy talented. Now he's going to be in the Philharmonic. That's amazing to me. I always find it fascinating when you see athletes and they have some sort of talent that you would have never anticipated, even though it feels like, Musicians always want to be athletes, and athletes always want to be musicians. But being a classically trained guitarist is no joke. That's like when I watch you play the piano. You got a little musical talent in you. I'm not going to be playing in the Philharmonic, though. Like, that's a big deal. (laughs) That is more than just a hobby. That means you have mastered this. And I think that is the impressive part because you see somebody mm-hmm. who is, you know, pretty good at their side hobby or side hustle or whatever. And you're like, wow, that's impressive. But to be on the level to play with people where this is their main thing, like this is people yeah. whose entire life has been training for music and training for performing. So the fact that he has had this other career where his main focus has been baseball for so long it really says either he's very talented naturally or he has been putting a lot of time and effort into playing an instrument. Because that's the thing about playing instruments. Unless you are some kind of prodigy, you have Mm -hmm. to practice a lot. Like this is something that Uh, is unforgiving and you have to put the time in. No matter how talented you are, unless you're like Beethoven or whoever, mm-hmm. uh, you got to put the time in and practice. So it's really impressive the work that he's put in to get to this level. I will say I wish I wish I knew how to play an instrument because I miss writing songs. I used to do that a long time ago. And I've talked about that before. We had a friend of mine who did have a small career in Nashville, released an album, and he could play, and so we would sit and write together. But it really helps. You can hear something in your head, but that's a lot different than putting it down on paper and having someone musically to help that idea or to help those lyrics come to life. And it just kills me. If I could play one thing, then maybe I could express myself in that way. Otherwise, it's just this constant word jumble in my head that I want to get out, but I don't know how to do it because I can't play anything. 
Well, Jenks, it's never too late to start. Weren't you just saying you want to find a hobby? Yeah. Start playing an instrument. Maybe you can learn on YouTube. Like that is the great thing about the internet these days. It feels like you can self-teach yourself to do just mm -hmm. about anything. Like I'm not saying you can self-teach yourself to be like a dentist or a doctor, but <laughs> right. a lot of these hobbies, you can find such good information on the internet and even on YouTube. So maybe you should do that for your hobby. Yeah. I'm a gastroenterologist. Where'd you go to school? I just studied from YouTube. 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 TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> Guess what? I've got one five-star review from my mom. So come on in and let me give you an examination. Trust me, I've watched these videos a million times. You got nothing to worry about. But you do make a good point. Stuff like that you can learn via YouTube. Yeah, maybe you're not going to play in the Philharmonic, but at least enough to give you a baseline to where you can practice. Because again, half of instruments is just repetition. No, that's true. That's actually a very good idea. Okay, I'm glad I brought that up. Coming up next on BetQL Daily, the crew will give you their opinions on the national championship game and, of course, talk about the upcoming weekend in the NFL. If you missed our conversation with Chris Mack from the BetQLU podcast, what he thinks going is going to happen between Michigan and Washington, you can download and subscribe to The Daily Tip wherever you get your pods. It is that time. Let's make some money. Time to place your bets. She is undefeated on the week. 2-0. Chelsea, where are you going tonight? Yeah, thanks for jinxing it, Jenks. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Troy tonight at home, hosting Old Dominion, laying at the four and a half. Like the Trojans in this spot uh, as a short home favorite, a manageable spread for the team that has a big advantage in one major category, and that is on the rebounding side of things. Uh, the offensive rebounding for Troy has been really good. Despite being a team that's like sitting in the 200s of overall teams, they rank 35, uh, 35th in the nation in offensive rebounding. So even if they're missing some shots, which I will say they're a good three-point shooting team, uh, ranking the top 60 in three-point percentage, they're also going to get those second looks. And Old Dominion, this is where they really lack. They rank 270th in offensive rebounding and 200th in defensive rebounding. So I feel like Troy is going to have the advantage here. And plus, all the trends are suggesting the Trojans in this one. They've been really good at home and good at covering. Six and one at home straight up and six and one against the spread in their last seven games. Meanwhile, you look at Old Dominion. They have been abysmal on the road. 0-4 this year away from home and 1-7 against the spread in their last eight games. So I'm going to go with Troy here, laying the four and a half. Let's go, Trojans. Let's go to the ice. How about that? Blue Jackets, Flyers, under six and a half, minus 128. First of all, Blue Jackets really banged up right now. They've got seven different players on the injury list, including Zach Rowinski, who is their second leading scorer. Jackets don't play any defense whatsoever. That's your sabotage factor. However, they should benefit from a Philly power play that is worst in the NHL. On the other side, you have one of the best netminders in the league. Between the pipes for the Flyers and Carter Hart, a goals against average of only 2.66 this season. I expect a much better game from him coming off his struggles against the Oilers. Jackets, Flyers under 6.5. Minus 128 is the play with the stick of puck. Oh, I just learned that the NHL is still going on. Would oh, you know? Chelsea. I. <laughs> <laughs> 
Didn't know. Uh, they have a Who really knew? long season, though. It feels like they're always playing hockey. They're like, what season is it? Oh, it's always hockey season. They play in the summer. They play in the winter. It's always hockey season somewhere. Well, it's always eight ball season here on the Daily Tip. Let's see what the Magic 8-Ball has to say about our picks. Let us gaze upon the glorious Magic 8-Ball. Shall it fade or tail these noble betters? <laughs> All right, 8-Ball. Do we like the picks today? For me, I'm going to College Hoops, taking Troy minus 4.5 at home, facing Old Dominion. 8-Ball says, better not tell you now. Well, time is running out, so you better tell me now. A-Ball says, Outlook good. That's more like it. All right. Let's go. <gasps> All right. So how about Jenks's pick in the NHL that I was definitely paying attention to? Blue Jackets Flyers <clears throat> under six and a half. I can't wait for that one. A-Ball says, uh, we're not an answer. Outlook's not so good. Hmm. A-Ball, mm. not a hockey guy. Not a, you know what? You're shaking the eight ball. You're not a hockey gal. He's not a hockey guy. If you want to check out the eight ball, if you want to stream every show on the incredible BetQL network, it is so easy to do. Twitch.tv slash BetQL. Chelsea, you have a quick lean or just one play? I have a lean on Lipscomb minus one uh, against Eastern Kentucky, but that line has been dropping all morning long. So something's fishy. Lipscomb just beats Florida State on the road. In college hoops, a big win. Maybe it's a letdown spot for Lipscomb, but I do like them. But since the line movement is a little wonky, I'm going to stay away. What about you? You got any other plays? One more player. Let's make it official. Lightning money line minus 130 in Minnesota. I think this is just good value on the Lightning facing another decimated squad in Minnesota. You got Kirill Kaprizov out for this game. Matt Zuccarello also out for the Wild. These are two of the top offensive scorers on the team. Then look at the goalie situation. They're going with Marc-Andre Fleury. I believe he's getting a start tonight, not the player he used to be. He's lost his last three starts. Let's follow the money on a much healthier Lightning team. And the price is nice. Tampa Bay, money line, minus 130 in Minnesota. Time for your BetQL five-star best bet for the analysis, the video, the insight, everything you need to be the informed better that will help you win some money. Just download the BetQL app. All right, Doxter, let's hear it. How you doing? Come on in. Chelsea! I do glute thrusts all the time. And now my rump is as round as ever. I have a badonka donk. Badonka donk? Ah, he said it, not me. 2002? You're going to rue the day. <laughs> You're going to rue the day you brought up glute thrusts on this show. Okay, donks. Oh, let's don't just, blame me. Let's get don't it. Don't blame you. me. You, blo you <laughs> brought it up. Spurs! Minus nine and a half, hosting the Bucks. I mean, Bucks, minus nine and a half, visiting the Spurs. Okay, Nailed good job, Doxter. Nailed it. <laughs> good God. Let's bring in someone who will nail it. We're talking about Ed Egras from QL Daily. Good morning, Ed. How are you? And we've been talking about, I need a hobby for the new year. Maybe okay. it's golf. Maybe it's taking up an instrument, learning to play something. What should I do? What should I do in the new year so that I don't just bet? and go out to eat and drink. 
how are the pickleball courts uh, out on the East Coast? Ooh. Is that something that strikes your fancy? Oh, that's a, a good hobby. idea. Yeah. It's something simple, and there are, I'm sure, plenty of opportunities to do it. You can make friends and influence people. And I, I'm a firm believer that, like, when you're playing sports, like, you need to have the opportunity to do, you know, a little bit of networking or, you know, create some camaraderie, things like that. You know, like, pickleball is great for that. And it's not like golf that's super expensive. If, like, if you're really bad on the course, then nobody's going to want to play with you. Or be friends that's with you. True. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, at all. Like, your Facebook friendships, zero. Yeah, like, hey, uh, not only does your golf game suck, I think you suck. So just I hope exactly. I never see you. Right, correlated. Th th thanks, Ed. Great suggestion, by the way. I didn't think about pickleball. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Chief Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. It's enough of this badonkadonk talk. Have a great Thursday. We will see you bright and early tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Bye. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. <laughs>